the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. It is recorded in the book of John that Jesus once said, If he is lifted up, he will draw all people unto himself. Christ's death, resurrection, and ascension are all linked to this glorious exaltation, and it is a call made to the entire world. No class, social status, race, or gender is excluded from this declaration. That is why we lift up the name of Jesus on this program every day. Our teaching pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with today's message. Today, we're going to look at Joel chapter 3, verse 16. That's our text. But you're not going to understand anything about Joel 3.16 unless you understand what goes on in Joel chapter 1 and understand what goes on in Joel chapter 2. And we're going to get around jumping back and forth. We'll be looking at Joel chapter 3. But again, in order to understand Joel chapter 3, you got to know what's going on in Joel chapter 1 and Joel chapter 2. How many of you are with me so far? So let's look, let's look first of all at the verse, and then we'll get started into the other topics that we need to get uh, covered today. Joel 3.16, last weekend John 3.16, today Joel 3.16, the Lord will roar from Zion and thunder from what city? Jerusalem. The earth and the sky will tremble, but the Lord will be a refuge for his people, a stronghold for the people of Israel. I have about four different things I want to cover. Number one in your notes, write this down. Joel talks about Jerusalem and Zion. Uh, Zion and Jerusalem, just so you know, they're the same city, all right? Sometimes he says Zion, sometimes he says Jerusalem. But as you go through the Word of God, you'll find the name Zion over 150 times. You'll find the name Jerusalem almost 900 times. It doesn't matter if when you're reading the Bible, you're reading about Zion or you're reading about Jerusalem, you're reading about the same city. He said, the Lord will roar from Zion and thunder from Jerusalem. This roar and this thunder come from the same place. Now, I want you to write this down. Jerusalem, you should know this, is the capital city of Israel. Jerusalem is the capital city of Israel. So when you read uh, Joel and you come to Jerusalem, it's talking about this city uh, that is behind me. This, how many of you think that's a beautiful picture right there? Isn't that a, a beautiful uh, picture? And uh, I've been there many times, probably 12, 13 times. I've taken a, a trip to Israel and hope to do so in the future. Uh, 
Jerusalem is a holy site for three different faiths. There are 50 Christian churches in Jerusalem. There are 33 Muslim mosques in Jerusalem. And there are over 300 Jewish synagogues. Now, there are museums there. Uh, There's the Holocaust Museum, uh, Yad Vashem, that has 450,000 photographs and 129 million documents that explain in detail the events of the Holocaust, where 6 million Jews were killed at the hands of Hitler. Now, you have uh, Jerusalem, and then I want to explain to you uh, if you look here for a second, here's Jerusalem, and it's on, the ed- it's on top of a hill, and then there's the steep valley, and it's called the Kidron Valley, and then as you come up this side of that Kidron Valley, you have what's known as the Mount of Olives. So you've got Jerusalem, the Kidron Valley, and then the Mount of Olives where Jesus looked over and prayed for the city of Jerusalem. Now, the Mount of Olives... Has, I have a picture of this. It's the, it's the longest, most active cemetery in the world. Jewish people have been buried there on the Mount of Olives, and there are 150,000 graves uh, on the Mount of Olives. And I'll come back and explain that to you later on, why the Jews are buried on the Mount of Olives. Going back to Jerusalem, there have been over a hundred battles that have been fought in Jerusalem, but I want you to write this number down. Jerusalem has been conquered 40 times by different people, different nations, completely conquered. The Persians conquered Jerusalem, the Babylonians, the Turks, the British Empire, and of course we know the Roman Empire. It has been conquered time and time again originally, and this is very important that you get this, and I've got a lot of like teaching stuff here today. It originally was called the city of David. And I want you to write this date down. Uh, The date is 1010 BC. I want you to write two dates down. The first is 1010 BC. That's the date that, that, that David conquered Jerusalem. And, and named it the city of David. That's 1010 BC. Joel, now write this down because this you really won't understand anything about Joel if you don't understand this. Joel, we believe, was written around 835 BC. So a little more than 800 years, 835 years before the time of Christ, Joel was written. So Joel, we believe, was a contemporary of the prophet Elisha. And primarily uh, when he was writing, was speaking to the uh, people living there in the southern kingdom, which was Judah. Now, by the time you get to Christ, so you have David conquering the city a thousand years before Christ. You have Joel writing the book of Joel 835 years before Christ. At the time of Christ... This is what the temple would have looked like. Uh, Jesus would have walked into this temple. Uh, This is called Herod's temple. But I want you to write this down somewhere in your notes, that Jerusalem, this temple that you're looking at during the time of Christ, 
was completely destroyed in the year 70 A.D. Completely destroyed in the year 70 A.D. The Romans came in in what year? Don't forget that. I'm going to refer to it in a little bit. The Romans came in and completely destroyed this temple. The only thing that's left of this Herod's temple is in the southwest corner, part of the foundation. It's the only thing left. And it's what we call the western wall. Some people refer it to the Wailing Wall, but it's the western wall where people go from all over the world and go to that wall and pray. And they put prayers, they write prayers in a little uh, uh, pieces of paper and they stick them in the cracks of those walls. We've actually had a duplicate of that wall. We've put a replica of it uh, on a one-third scale. We put it up from time to time here on the campus. And there are over one million prayers every single year that are stuck in the cracks of those walls. Now, Uh, I said all that to say a couple of things. One, and you can just scribble this down, it was in 1 Kings 11, verse 32, that, that God up in heaven was the one, it was God who actually chose Jerusalem to be the city for his people. God could have picked any city in the world, but it was God in heaven who chose Jerusalem to to be the center of the nation of Israel. Now, I want you to write this down in your notes. Jerusalem is central to our faith. It's central to our faith. And one day when COVID is over, I hope to again take another group and we'll go over there and we'll visit that great city. And you'll go to that wall and you'll pray at what many people believe is the holiest site on the face of of the planet. Now, I want to show you a couple of maps. This first map, and I don't, don't want to confuse you. How many, how many of you are with me? You're not too confused. I'm going to tie all this in as we go. But Jerusalem is a sprawling city. It's a vast city today. Millions of people live there. But what you have highlighted here is what the land area of what Jerusalem would have been in the days of David when David conquered Jerusalem. And it's the area when Joel wrote his letter, the city of David would have been in this area of what we know today as Jerusalem. At the time, David's city was on the southern slope of an area called Mount Moriah. Now, it's a vast city, but the topography of that city has never changed. Even though the city has been built and rebuilt, the topography of that city has never changed. All right? And so, uh, Mount Moriah, everybody say Mount Moriah. (laughs) Uh, About 4,000 years ago, maybe 5,000 years ago, Mount Moriah was the place where Abraham offered up his son Isaac as a sacrifice. 3,000 years ago, it was the city that David captured from the Jebusites, and in 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel 5, verse 7, the Bible says that David captured 
the fortress of Zion and named it the city of David. That was 3,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago, from the tribe of Judah, one of the descendants of David, Jesus appeared on the scene. And on Mount Moriah, there, Jesus was hung on a cross where he died for the sins of the world. And one day, we believe that when the Lord Jesus Christ returns, he's returning to this piece of land And we do know that one day Jesus will return, amen? Amen. Symbolically, and again, I don't want to confuse you, Jerusalem represents heaven, which is known as the new Jerusalem. And it also represents your own heart, because even though Jerusalem is the place where Jesus originally came to set up his kingdom, Ultimately, he desires to rule and to reign inside your heart. So Jerusalem is central to the book of Joel. It's central to our faith. It's central to our world. It is central to our future as believers. Number two, write this down. We come to what's called the judgment of the nations. If you read Joel, Joel chapter 1, Joel chapter 2, and Joel chapter 3, There is an overall theme as you read that there is coming a day of judgment where God will judge any and all nations who have rebelled against God and who have rebelled against God's people. As you start in Joel chapter 1, it begins with an invasion of of locusts. There's locusts that go over the city of Jerusalem and destroy everything. Joel chapter 1 verse 10, it reads that the fields are ruined, the ground is dried up, the grain is destroyed, the wine is dried up, and the oil fails. Verse 11 tells us that the farmers are wailing and the vine growers are grieving. And verse 12 tells us, Joel 1.12 says, Surely the joy of mankind is withered away. And everything you see in Joel chapter 1 is a picture of what's going on in our world today. Our nation, the United States of America, is experiencing plagues of many kind. Oh, we're not experiencing a plague of locusts, but there's a plague of hatred. There's a plague of disrespecting authority in this country. There is a plague of racism in this country. There is a plague of power, a plague of corrupt leadership. There is a plague of addiction in this country. There is a plague of depression and anxiety and of fear in this country. There is a plague of removing God from our school system. There is a plague of abortion, the shedding of innocent blood. I would challenge anyone in this room to do a Bible study on your own. Study what God's Word has to say about any nation who sheds innocent blood. It is a plague upon this country. 
There is a plague of pornography in this country. There is a plague of immorality in this country. There is a plague of injustice in this country, all of which leads to the joy of mankind withering away. It happened in Joel's day, and it's happening in our day here today. Amen? Amen. Now, I'm gonna, we're, we're going to go back to Joel. We went to Joel 1. We're going to look at Joel 2 in a minute, but I want to read Joel 3 and then, and then jump back to Joel 2. Joel 3 reads, Let the nations be roused and let them advance into the valley of Jehoshaphat. Everybody say Jehoshaphat. Don't ever name your child Jehoshaphat, okay? Joel 3.12 tells us, now don't forget the locusts, the plagues were in in Joel chapter 1. In Joel 3, he says, there's coming a day where I, God, are going to gather the nations in the valley of Jehoshaphat, and there I, God, will sit to judge all the nations on every side. I want you to read my lips. God will do this. One day, God will judge the nations of this world. Don't you doubt for a second that he's not going to do that. Verse 13 says, swing the sickle. The harvest is ripe, like it's time now. Come trample the grapes, for the winepress is full, and the vats are overflowing. So great is their wickedness. And then we come to our text, verse 16, that says, The Lord will roar like a lion from Zion, and thunder from Jerusalem, and the earth and the sky will tremble. There's so many things I could tell you about all this, but here's what you need to know, that any nation that does not honor God God will eventually bring judgment to that nation. You do know that God at one time destroyed the entire earth, the people of this earth, because the earth, the people of this earth, had nothing but wickedness in their hearts. So God at one time destroyed the world by a flood. Do you remember that? And you remember what happened in the year 70 A.D.? I told you earlier in the sermon. What happened in the year 70 A.D.? God destroyed his own city. Now, how many of you, stay with me, how many of you are glad that we live on this side of the cross? We live in a dispensation of grace. How many of you are glad that we don't live on that side of the cross, back where the law was in charge, but we live, how many of you are grateful that we live on this, we live on the side of grace? Now, what year was that temple destroyed? 70 AD. That's a whole generation after the cross. The cross was in 33 AD. So it was after the cross, when we are living on this side of the cross, 
in the day and age and the dispensation of grace that God still allowed his city, the city of Jerusalem, to be completely destroyed because of the sin and the wickedness and the disobedience of his own people who lived in Jerusalem. So even though we are living in the dispensation of grace, God could bring judgment to this nation, the United States of America, could he not? Make no mistake about it. God has set a, his own timetable. We are watching with our very eyes a nation, our nation, turning our backs on God. And there will come a time where God will say, enough is enough. The burden is upon us because we as believers have compromised our faith. We as, we as Christians are living unholy lives. We have watered down the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're the ones who've neglected God's word. We're the ones that have chosen to dishonor God in so many ways. And write this down quickly. This is kind of a side note. Part of our problem today is that we don't have any modern day prophets. We don't have anybody like Joel preaching or Jeremiah. Do you see anybody preaching like Joel, Jeremiah, Daniel, Hosea, Malachi, Zechariah, telling us that we need to turn our hearts over to God? You can't even find a church in the United States of America talking about sin, judgment, or hell today in America. You know why? Because we don't want to offend anybody. You, you read Joel, you read Zechariah, you read the book of Revelation, you read the book of Thessalonians, and there is coming a day where God's going to judge all nations. Now, I've got some good news. How many of you want some good news? Point three is good news. Write this down. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. If you look at that verse, the 16th verse, the Lord will roar from Zion and thunder from Jerusalem. The earth sky will tremble, but the, but, but God's going to judge all the nations, but the Lord will be a refuge for his people, a stronghold for the people of Israel. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. The secret to overcoming any obstacle you are facing today is revealed through one of the most extraordinary victories ever recorded in the Bible, the Battle of Jericho. 
Joshua and the Israelites followed God's unusual plan to walk around the heavily fortified walls of Jericho for seven days. The Lord promised that at the end of those seven days, he would cause the walls of that famed city to fall, allowing his people to take possession of the promised land. In his book, Walls Fall Down, Pastor Dudley Rutherford shows us how the seven spiritual principles in this story are available for all of us today. You will learn how the foundation behind Joshua's victory is the key to overcoming your own hurdles and unsolvable issues. When you choose to do things God's way, walls crumble, victory replaces defeat, and a blessed future unfolds. Pastor Dudley's book, Walls Fall Down, is available for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This invaluable resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order this book directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Discover how your personal Jericho battle is no match for the power of an awesome God. Call us right now and receive your copy of Walls Fall Down by Pastor Dudley Rutherford today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at the same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Pastor Dudley